Praise the Lord and welcome to our Bible study every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time here in my office. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad to be sharing God's Word with you. We're in the book of Romans. How wonderful it has been. We began this Bible study on the book of Romans back in March of 2018. And here we are about to uh, close out 2020, just a few more days. Uh, what is today? Today is the 14th of December, so we got about a half a month left this year. And uh, what a wonderful study it's been. I have, I've personally read things, seen things I've not noticed before, understood things in a way that I've not ever understood them through this Bible study, and I've studied the Word of God almost every day of my life since 1994, and uh, about 26, almost 27 years ago, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to have a Bible, to be able to study God's Word, and to, and to help others along uh, with God's Word. And, and you, we've learned so much over the last few years when, when the cross of Christ becomes the focus of the Word, of your ministry, then the Holy Spirit is able to impart that wisdom, that knowledge, and that grace. And that's the, really the only avenue of growth in the eyes of God. And, uh, you know, I'm just so blessed and honored to be able to share the Word of God with you uh, each and every Monday and Thursday morning and uh, uh, Sunday mornings, Wednesday evenings. And if you live anywhere near the Atlanta, Queen City, Texas area, we invite you to our church services. And uh, I promise you, I promise you, you will learn the Word of God and begin to step into a place uh that God wants you to be, a place where he can use you, a place where you can begin to walk uh, in agreement with him and, and not just thoughts and opinions on the Bible, but the word of God in the context of the living word of God. His name is Jesus and what he did at Calvary to become that living word <coughs> to you and me. You know, on the way to Bible study this morning, the Lord just uh, showed me, revealed to me, if you will, uh, why it is proper for us to teach that this entire age that we're in right now is all about Christ and his and his work at Calvary. It that's all we should be focused on is that's what gets people saved. That's what it's the only thing that gets people saved. It's the only message that strengthens and establishes and allows the Holy Spirit to work in the lives of God's people that they might live sanctified and saved. How, learning how to live where the sin nature no longer dominates. Learning how to function in the gifts of the Spirit. Learn Everything to be learned is going to be through faith in the cross of Christ. It is the focus. It is the fo will always be the focus. And we don't really understand that like we need to understand that. 99% of the church doesn't understand it at all. And, uh, and I'm not being ugly. That's just the way it is. If you Listen, this age is is going to burn away the earth we know is going to burn away the heavens we even know are going to burn away with fervent heat the bible says and all that will remain is that which has believed upon Jesus Christ 
So don't tell me this age is not all about Jesus, all about what he did at Calvary. This this 7,000 year period, uh, really this 6,000, and, and we could say the 7,000 year period that God has allotted man is all about Jesus. When we fail into sin in the garden, God had to put a a, a time limit on this age. And he did that at the 7,000-year mark. And Jesus Christ, with all of us who are his, will reign with him for a 1,000 years. That last 1,000 years. This entire age, my friend, is focused on Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. That's not just the message that God has saved and in the kingdom and in Christ. That's the message that gives us power for the grace of God every single day. Every single day. You're not getting the grace of God without faith in the cross. You might be doing something that's good and has a form of godliness and calling it by the grace of God. But faith in what you're doing does not get you the grace of God. Faith in the death of Jesus gets you initially to be saved, the grace of God, and daily the grace of God, which is what God is doing in, through, for, and to you. You get the grace of God only when your faith is in the cross. Grace is not mystical and magical, and God just functions in it whether he finds faith or not. No, my friend, that's, that's the deceived church attitude. The grace of God is what God does, what God works, what God teaches, what God leads in. It's the power of God. It's that which is made. That's, it's, it's, the grace of God is God's strength made perfect in our weakness. And that does not happen, my friend, outside of him finding faith in the heart of man toward that sacrifice of his son. You need to know that. You ignore that. You push that aside. And all you'll do is keep pretending with a form of God. You'll keep pretending instead of contending for the faith that you were given, praise God. The faith that you were given when you believed upon Christ. And you need to know that. Oh, you need to know that. This whole age, this whole world, everything about this age, this God's dealing with men since we fell in the garden and God had to put a time limit. See, there was no time limit. There was no 7,000-year mark until we sinned in the garden. Had Adam and Eve never eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, had they never disobeyed God, they'd still be functioning. It would, it was, there was no end to it. But the moment, whatever time in Time, from the time they were put in the garden, whatever time it was when they, at that moment they sinned, God put a stop gap here. It'll not go any further. God said, this will be it. And now I'm going to have to make a new heaven and a new earth and a new people. <laughs> a new heaven, a new earth, a new people, because this one's not worthy of my plan. The Bible says in the New Testament that this world is not worthy of God's people. Because we're a new creation in Christ. This world has fallen. And think about that. I want to say that again. God started. He put Adam and Eve. He put them in the garden. Think about this. And whatever time it was along the way, boom, right here, whenever that was, that Adam sinned, God put a, a, a wall. That's it. It's a, this is when it'll end out here. And now I've got to make a new creation 
in Christ. Got to have me a new people. Got to have me a new earth. Got to have me new heavens. Hallelujah. But he put a stopgap out there. You need to remember that. And so this age of time that God has dealt with men is all focused on the redemption plan of God in Christ Jesus at Calvary. Hallelujah. And you need to remember that. Every time you open your Bible, you need to remember that. If you're still caught up in ever learning, but it's not bringing you to the truth, if it's not bringing you to the truth, that means if it's not bringing you to the knowledge of Christ and Him crucified, my friend, you're not learning truth. You're not learning truth. You're ever learning, but why aren't you being conformed to the image of Christ? Why, why are you not being found more faithful and obedient to the Word of God than ever before. Why, 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 I, he, the devil whispers, well, nobody's perfect. The devil whispers, well, you ain't got to do all that to go to heaven. The devil, devil's got a lot of factual statements that if he if he can get you to live by his facts, you, you can't live by faith. Well, see, Christians don't live by facts. We live by faith, and faith only comes from hearing the truth of God's Word. <laughs> that means in the person and the work. Faith in the person and the work at the cross of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you're hearing that? I've watched more lives, Christian lives, being altered and changed for the glory of God over the last 15 and a half years preaching this message. I've watched people folded up at the altar on the floor in repentance toward God who never, ever would have been able to be convicted like that were they not sitting under the preaching of the cross. People's God, uh, God's people rather, just going along in a lackadaisical, uh, whatever might come, whatever, what, no, no. God's calling you back to hearing the gospel continuously because if that's not what we're hearing, how can our lives become that which is the gospel. The New Testament tells us that our lives should be becoming that which is the gospel. Hallelujah. Praise the God. Good to be here this morning. Romans chapter 16. You can watch all these sessions on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can even listen to the audio messages on the Spreaker app. And our channel is for those who have ears to hear. Praise God. Let's get into the Word of God today. Not that we hadn't already been in it, but let's dig in a little deeper and get closer to finishing this chapter. We may finish today. If not, we'll finish Thursday. But let's dig in here in Romans chapter 16. And this last session we had, we talked about as Paul began to uh, prepare to close this letter out in verse 20. He says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. And then in verse 24, he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. He's, he, he's focused here on the grace uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's never the grace of this or the grace of that. It's never the grace of... It, it's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul focuses and he makes that comment the way he does. Always remember, the Holy Spirit gave him these words. If you miss that, you're not going to be able to function. 
according to the will of God. If you don't take God's Word as God's Word, if you don't take the Bible as literally God's Word given to men, written down for you, then you're not, you, you, your life's going to be in shambles, fear, uh, terror, oppression, all sorts of things are going to be able to get to you and, 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 and just keep you in a chaotic state. You've got to accept that the Bible is God's Word. And you can't add to it. You can't take away from it. You can't twist it to make it mean what you wished it mean. Meant you have to accept it as God's Word. Your life will totally be changed when you look through the blood of Jesus at every word on the pages of your Bible. God will do things in your life that you will look back and be in awe of him over. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you need to be walking in that place. Hallelujah. So when he says twice in the closing out of this letter to the Roman church, he says the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter would say that's the place we grow, that we're to be found growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That simply means as the Spirit of God teaches us the truth of God's Word is able to guide us into the truth of God's Word. He teaches us the truth. When we accept it and we learn it, because there's no learning just from hearing. Learning is when we hear and move in that direction, follow after the leading of the Spirit in the truth He's guiding us in, the Word of God in the context of Christ and Him crucified. He's able to lead us in that in that path that conforms us into the image of Christ. And that is hearing knowledge the Holy Spirit gives us concerning the Word in the context of the person and the work of Christ at Calvary. And it brings about, when we humble ourselves and follow after the Spirit, the very righteousness of the law being fulfilled in our hearts. Romans 8 and 4. That Jesus condemn sin in the flesh so that now by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, we, we've learned that in Romans 8, can now fulfill the, the righteousness of the law in our hearts by the grace of God. He gives us the knowledge when we're willing to humble ourselves and obey him and follow the leading of the spirit into truth. That's the grace of God at work. Titus chapter 2 said the grace of God teaches us to abstain from this world's garbage. It teaches us to look for the appearing of our Savior. It's the grace of God, which is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of grace. Hebrews calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of grace. And we learn to walk in truth. It's a commandment of the Lord. Amen. It's a commandment that God's people walk. In the truth. And as we walk in the truth, we're changed into the very image of Christ. Day by day, we grow. This is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's, grace isn't given where there is no faith. I'm going to say that again. The grace of God does not flow into a life where there is no faith, and that being faith in the cross. It does not happen. Any disagreement with that means that whoever disagrees with that is a part of the problem that has kept uh, the church subtly deceived 
eating from the table that has nothing but the bread of deceit on it. The bread of deceit. Jesus said we could not be his disciples if we don't take up our cross and follow him. Disciple means learner. That means we cannot learn of him if we don't take up our cross and follow him. Luke 14, 27. We're not following Christ just because we go to church. We're following Christ exclusively when our faith is in the cross. The church, for the most part, doesn't even know what it means. the Bible means when, when, when it tells us to take up our cross. Taking up our cross is not our divorce, our diagnosis of cancer. Our, you better know what your cross is when those bad reports happen. When bad things happen, you better know what your cross is. You better be learning what your cross is, what it means to take up your cross. Or you'll just go through things the same way the world goes through things. Everybody goes through things. But you and I, as the people of God, are not called to go through things the way the world goes through things. We're called to go through things that this wood and hay, this stubble, can be refined and become more honorable, honorable as gold and silver and fit and use, useful for the Master's hand. Hallelujah. As we cling to faith in the cross where the power of God comes from and grace is given. To become God's perfect strength in our perfect weakness. <laughs> and our weakness is a perfect weakness. It is, it is a, you look at our strength and it, and it is a perfect weakness. <laughs> but God's strength can come rushing in to our weakness and his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Hallelujah. He can pick us up and carry us along and grow us and mature us. That's by grace, but through faith. Grace doesn't function without faith. You can forget it. And don't be stuck in some uh, paralyzed state where the church has made up things anyway. When I refuse to run the race, when I refuse to fight the good fight of faith, when I refuse to, to walk in faith, that the Lord picks me up and carries me. No, 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 that's not in your Bible. You'll fight the good fight of faith or you'll live in victory. You'll run the race or you'll run the other direction from God thinking you're running to God. You, listen, all these unbiblical teachings in the Word uh, from, from ministers today using God's unbiblical just so the money will keep coming, just so they will continue to be liked by most. It's, I'm sorry. Where the true Word of God is being taught and preached, uh, 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 it's, not, it's not a friend maker. It's not a money maker. It's not a, it's not a, a fame maker. Believe me. When, when the true prophets and ministers of God uh, they're very unpleasing to, uh, to all that is religious. And that's why I want to encourage those of you today that God has been able to bring you back to faith in the cross and the cross alone. I want to encourage you today because it gets lonely at times when you look out and they're just, you, it's, it's, it's rare. 
to find someone walking in this faith, faith in the sacrifice of Christ and, and, and looking at God's Word through that and that alone, beholding the blood of Jesus every day, this new covenant. That's where he said it was, hallelujah, in his blood. It's, it's rare to find a, a, a person who is a Christian walking in that faith today. But listen, listen. Jesus told us that would happen. He said when he comes back, it's going to be as in the days of Noah. And the main thing about the days of Noah, even though the description was given, they'll be eating and drinking and giving in marriage, and they'll be all about their families, all about their traditions, all about, all about everything but that message of righteousness that was being proclaimed over here. Oh, they're all busy about all the blessings and all the things that they say God has given. Oh, they're all busy about their personal lives. But they weren't interested about this message of righteousness. The Bible calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. They don't have time for that. They didn't have time for that. You'll make time for God's righteousness. You'll make time for God's plan of righteousness. Or you'll be washed away in the flood to come. You can keep listening to those preachers that tell you it don't matter how you, how you end up. If you ever got saved at any point, if you ever believed upon Christ, it don't, you can keep listening to all that. You can keep listening to all that, but you're going to wake up in a place devastated one day. Because that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that you're partakers of Christ if you hold fast that beginning hope that you had. That hope you had at the beginning. Listen, it's, thank God you've got to start the race to be able to finish it. But just because you start it don't mean you'll finish it. You better get back in the faith if you're out of it and you're listening to me. You better get back in according to God's word, the plan of obedience, the plan of his righteousness. It's not popular today. So again, I want to encourage those of you who God's been able to bring up out of these dead places that only have a form of godliness. They're denying the power that the Bible plainly says is the preaching of the cross. Not just for the lost, but for us who is saved. It is the power of God. I praise God for every one of you who began to learn the Word of God, just as the Apostle Paul had to start all over and learn the Word of God in the context of the blood and preach that message. Hallelujah. And then he says here in verse 25, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. I want to tell you today, God does not establish his people outside the gospel that Paul preached. He does not establish me in some way that I tell God I want him to establish me. God says if I'll commit my works unto him, he'll establish my thinking. That's Proverbs 16.3. The reason he wants to establish my thinking is because he knows and has told us in his word that as we think, so we are. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And God wants to establish your thinking because your thinking is always based on what you're believing. Now, let's get this right. You might need to write this down. You probably will never forget this. But you and I and every breathing human being lives the way we do because we think the way we do. And we think the way we do because we're believing what we're believing. And it works that way for every human being. We believe that makes us think that makes us live. 
And God says, if you'll commit your works unto me, I'll establish your thinking. And, and when they gathered around Jesus and said, what must we do to do the works of God? Jesus said, just believe upon the one that God sent. You see, my friend, the works of God for you and for me is our believing from the heart, faith. Our believing from the heart. Our believing with the heart of who we are. Not just a casual, yeah, yeah, I believe all that. No, oh, with who we are, we give ourselves to Christ. We, we commit ourselves to Christ to believe upon Him. For every decision, for all deliverance, for all ministry, we trust in that what he did at Calvary, hallelujah, the shedding of his blood, that place we were immersed into him is the answer for everything we need. To be the good husband, wife, mother, father, co-worker, preacher, it doesn't matter, welder, truck driver, whatever it is, you've got to have the grace of God. That means you've got to have God working in your midst, but he's looking for faith to do it. He's looking for faith to do it. And he only establishes his people according to the gospel he gave Paul to preach. You need to know that. The Bible says that God, through the prophet Isaiah, chapter 54 and 14, that God establishes his people in righteousness. He establishes his people in righteousness. And when he's allowed to do that, there's a promise in that same Bible verse that oppression and fear will be far away from us. <laughs> oh, what a news flash that is from the prophet Isaiah from the throne of heaven through that prophet. That when God is allowed to establish us in his righteousness, fear and oppression will be far from us. Now, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 9, that it's with grace God establishes our hearts. Here, Paul's talking about grace. That was John who wrote the book of Revelation. Revelation 13, 9. Meats and, so, and all these things can't establish the heart. The Bible says God establishes the heart. It's good that the heart be established with grace. But... In righteousness. With grace, that means with the Spirit of grace, the Spirit of God, God Himself has to be establishing the heart. Think about it. Our hearts are established with grace. That means through our faith in what God did at Calvary. Remember this. When Paul speaks of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, be with you, be with you all, amen, he's talking about the cross. He's not talking about something mystical, magical that God can just impart to some people. He's talking this. Listen, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is the grace that he tasted death by, Hebrews 2 and 9. Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men. There's no other avenue for God's grace. Hear me. Because we know God's grace is what God is doing. There's no other avenue for God to do something in your life outside of your faith in that taste of death by that grace for you. There's no other avenue for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to come to you through. If your faith gets moved from the cross 
to something other that you're doing. You've eliminated yourself from grace. Read the book of Galatians. Paul tells them, I'm amazed. I marvel at you so soon removed yourself from the one who's called you into this grace. Chapter 5 in that great letter, he tells them, you've fallen from grace. You're no longer functioning and walking in the place where God now can work in your life. You're trusting in what you're doing. You've listened to them about circumcision. He says, now if you go back and get circumcised and you're trusting in that, What does he tell them? Oh, it's such a scary thing that he tells them. Christ can't profit you and he can't affect you. Grace is where Christ affects us and profits us. Grace is where Christ affects us and profits us. If we fall from that grace, faith in where he tasted death by that grace, my friend, we're just out here believing everything that comes along in this this bread of deceit the church has has partaken of for centuries that it doesn't matter what we believe just as long as we believe something God will honor it oh my goodness that has sent so many people to hell that has caused so many Christians to end up losing that which they began with that's caused so many Christians who finally did make it to heaven but their lives never became that which God intended them to be. They never found that process of being conformed into the image of Christ because they thought it was by this new fad, that new program, the government of 12, the walk of Emmaus, the the purpose-driven this, the purpose-driven that, the better life now, all these things that that have a, 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 they seem right, but only to the flesh. They look right, but only to the flesh. If If you're going to look at what the Spirit wants to look at, you're going to have to keep looking back at Calvary. Hallelujah. You're going to have to keep looking back to the cross. Grace doesn't come into our lives through any other avenue except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You're not getting the grace of God for initial salvation anywhere other than trusting in the cross of Christ. You are not getting the grace of God by doing a work. Grace comes by what God was working in Christ at Calvary. And that work is what God has called you and I to walk in. No other works. You say, well, I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to be this. I'm called. Well, good for you. But you're going to have to have grace to function there. And unless your faith is in the cross alone, grace is not there. For you, God desires to work in your life. He desires to grow you. He desires to deliver you from those things that hold you bound and captive that maybe only you know about. But it's going to take grace. It's going to take God and His grace, the power of what Christ did at Calvary. Outside of that, we're just working to be saved, we're, or we're working to deliver ourselves. If I'll just fast 30 days, if I'll just give so much money, if I'll just uh, do what this book tells me to do. No, if you'll just commit your works, which Jesus said is believing upon the one God sent, he will establish your thinking. Paul says, now to him 
that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Those aren't two different things. The preaching of Jesus Christ is the gospel. Paul's not differentiating here. He's, he, he just simply powering in on the main on the main thing that is the main thing that his gospel is the preaching of Jesus Christ and it's according to the revelation that which has been revealed this mystery that's been revealed which was kept secret since the world began since the world began it's a secret a mystery it's a secret that was kept a mystery a mystery that was kept a secret it was not known Paul writes in another place that if the princes of this world had known what was taking place when Jesus was crucified, that he, they would not have crucified him. But they did not know. <laughs> as sneaky as the devil is, when it comes to sneaky, he ain't got nothing on our God. But really, the devil is sneaky. It's another word when it comes to God. It's wisdom. Oh, it's wisdom. <laughs> In God's wisdom, which is above all the, 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 the wiles and schemes of a subtle uh, devil. He, he can't deceive God. He can't trick God, but God tricked the devil. The, the devil don't know everything, just like we don't know everything. And the devil, if he'd have known he was being stripped of the very power of death he had since we fell into sin in the garden, he wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. He wouldn't have. But see, God was using him. Don't think that God don't use the devil. He was using the devil. But Jesus said no man took his life. He laid it down of his own will. Because he was simply obeying the commandment of his Father. Hallelujah. That's good stuff, isn't it? I know we've gone past nine a little bit. Uh, you know, know what I think about it this morning? I don't care. We'll keep going just for a minute and talk about this verse a little bit more. And, and we'll come back and we'll finish out the book of Romans. I get maybe Thursday. I mean, we might, we might. Go another two months on the last two verses. I'm just kidding, but you never know. You could. There's powerful things in these last three verses. Powerful, powerful truths that you don't just read over and say, all right, we finished. No. Listen to the power of God in these Bible verses. Verse 25 again. Now to him that is of power, I can't establish myself, but him who is of power to establish us according to this gospel that, that he gave Paul to preach. It's the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, that which God has unveiled this mystery. And notice this, God unveiled this mainly to Paul. I believe he really unveiled it only to Paul. In this very letter that we've studied, that's why it's taken us two and a half years to get through this letter. This book of Romans for the child of God is the most important book in your Bible. Why do you say? Why do you give it that level of authority? Because no other book in the Bible teaches the child of God how to live in victory over the sin nature. No other book in the Bible teaches 
and reveals, like the book of Romans, what it does about the sin nature. Oh, it mentions it all throughout the New Testament. But the book of Romans teaches us where we entered into Christ, being immersed into His death. That we were crucified with Him. <laughs> but the book of Romans is the, the unveiling mystery, not only of a church, which other books reveal that, but how the church lives in victory where sin no longer, not, not acts of sin. See, here's what the book of Romans reveals. Not acts of sin, but the sin nature no longer dominates us because we're under grace now and not under law. But the church, pretty much in its existence, has never, outside of the last 20-something years, come to the knowledge, like it has over the last 20-something years, that the sin nature becomes dormant when we trust in Christ and his work at Calvary, for there's where the old man, the sin nature, was put to death. And we were, we were separated unto that. We became dead. It didn't go away. We became dead to it. Dead to sin. Not dead to the acts of sin. Dead to the sin nature. And we'll get, we'll get more into this as we close this letter out. But this book of Romans, especially chapters 6, 7, and 8, if you don't know them, the rest of the book is, going, is about the experience of the Christian. The manifestation of what we should be experiencing as Christians, you'll just be working to make it happen if you don't understand Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. We're living in a profound time. As I close this broadcast today, I want you to think about this as we close out. There's never, ever, ever been a time in the period called the church age since Christ died and was resurrected from the dead and has ascended unto the Father. There's never been a time like right now when this mystery not just for salvation, but this mystery about how the church lives where the sin nature no longer dominates them because we're under grace. Where <clears throat> we learn to live by the grace of... We're learning what the grace... There's never been a time in church history where the church has begun to learn about sanctification. There's never been a time in church history where the church has had a platform as it does today. At the level it has today, churches being raised up all over the world focused on preaching the message of the cross, the only place grace flows from. Not just you're saved through faith in the cross, but grace for your daily living in victory and functionality in the ministry only comes through your faith in the cross. So much time has been wasted, my friends. There have been spots and specks of this message trying to come in, but, but the spirits of religion would shut it down. 
Back in the early 1900s when the, the, the great Azusa Street revivals and were taking place and God was moving and, and His people were being baptized with the Holy Spirit and people being saved. And, and, and after about a three-year period, it began to dwindle down and, and, Miss, and Reverend Seymour and Parham began to go other places. And, and there was a man named William Durham who came on the scene preaching the message of the cross for sanctification. And Seymour came back to town and said no and chained the doors where Durham couldn't get in. Read about it. You'll find it. It's called the finished work controversy. The finished work controversy. Matter of fact, the assemblies of God began because of the message of the cross for sanctification. That was a huge part of the beginning of the Assemblies of God. But in the 1930s, it was over. It was over and gone again. And it wouldn't be until about 1996 or 97, the message came flooding back in to broken vessels who want the true move of God, not tired of having to pretend and declare things that aren't real. And God began to pour this message of the cross in again for sanctification. You don't want to get left out. If you do, it's because you eliminated yourself from it. God's calling you to this great truth of the cross. Come back today. Come back today. Praise God. It's been a wonderful broadcast today. Join me again Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here. We'll be live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. You can watch it later on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or you can listen on that Spreaker app I told you about. My channel is for those who have ears to hear. Please don't forget to pray about sowing into this ministry. We need your help. We are sending seven expositor study Bibles into the prison system every week. Not month, not every other month. Every week, seven expositor study Bibles into the hands of inmates that we get letters for and we mail them. This is Letters will be coming in this week, and it gets to be quite a few here at the, at the Christmas holiday time. So I encourage you, pray about helping us do that, and pray about just sowing into this ministry, because when you do, you're sowing into good ground. God's promised when you sow into good ground, that being the good ground of the gospel, He's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. And I praise God for those promises. Hallelujah. And uh, we just look forward to being with you here again Thursday morning. Don't forget to share these broadcasts on social media. Step out of that place where, where you've been ashamed to share the Word. You've been ashamed. Let's just get unashamed today and begin to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us doing that right on social media. Praise God. We love you. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then. Oh, you didn't. Nope, you didn't.